morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are in your day, thank you for spending this time with me. Welcome to Detour Insights, where together we'll embark on a journey of self-discovery and growth. I'm your host, Angie Childers. Let's get going. Criticism, like rain, should be gentle enough to nourish a man's growth without destroying his roots. Frank A. Clark. So last week, we talked about the power of receiving criticism or feedback. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, um, these two episodes do not build on each other in any particular order. So you can always go back and listen to last week's episode after today. But today I want to talk about the power of giving criticism. Last weekend, or last week, sorry, I've got the weekend on my mind. Last week, we discussed three of the main types of criticisms. So you're probably going to be pretty tired of hearing the word criticisms after these two episodes, but hang in there with me. For those that may not have listened yet to last week's episode, I just want to recap a little bit here. So the three main types that I'm discussing today and last week were destructive, constructive, and instructive. Also, just a brief um, definition or one of the definitions of criticism um, that we are discussing for today is basically one's opinion of either good or bad actions of another. So again, destructive criticism pairs down with no recognition of positive components. Instructive criticism focuses on adding information, knowledge, or opinion to whatever action has already been done. And constructive criticism typically comes with two components. Build up the person while being willing to draw attention to a problem and work together on a solution. So you recognize how they are meeting expectations and correction of where they may need improvement. Last week, I also mentioned that because the only person you can control is yourself, if you are receiving the criticism, you may not have control over how it's delivered. However, this week, we are talking about giving criticism, and that is solely your responsibility in how you choose to deliver it. I want to see if I can set the stage of a scenario to help kind of bring you and pull you in to feeling in this scenario what it's like for the person receiving criticism and for the person giving the criticism because a lot of this is about self-awareness when you are giving criticism it's about self-awareness how you're affecting the other person and empathy for how that person's feeling so i want to try to just start with a scenario Um, I do want to say this is not a scenario that I've taken from any specific client. I have dealt with several clients on this very issue. So this is just kind of an accumulation, a made up story that I've come up with to try to help bring you in to feeling this topic. So we're going to say Jackie um, has worked as a receptionist at her current job for about a year. And at first, Jackie seems to be learning and becoming very independent in her role. However, a few months in, she started making some mistakes. Her confidence in herself seemed to go down, and co-workers 
started noticing her withdrawing. She even started asking other people how to do some of the tasks that she was already doing well on her own. No matter what she tried, she just couldn't seem to get back in her zone. Now, several months later, she's been written up a few times and is even unsure if she wants to stay in this job. She questions whether she can even do the job of a receptionist anywhere because she obviously doesn't seem to know what she's doing anymore. Jackie's boss, we'll call him Eric, is at a loss as to why she started out so well but seems to have declined and continues to get worse. Eric states that he has made it a point to keep a close eye on her and is sure to point out when she makes mistakes right then and there in the moment so that he can make sure to tell her how to do it correctly the next time. Especially after he had to yell at her in front of a client just a few months after she started with them when Jackie was supposed to have taken the deposit to the bank that morning but had become distracted when clients had shown up early. Thankfully, though, Eric remembered and yelled up to her that she needed to get her act together and set her priorities correctly and get the money to the bank. A few days later, she almost missed charging a client for extra services. But again, Eric stepped in, straightened it out. He obviously is going to have to keep a closer watch on her. Can you already see where things might have started to go in a wrong direction? Did you notice the correlation between the beginning of Jackie's decline and the incident where Eric abruptly corrected her in public? If I were to sit down with Eric and Jackie, we would work on finding the issue, clarifying the goals, and set some action steps or put some action steps into motion. So typically, if a boss brings in a coach or a consultant, they do that because they want you to fix whatever's going on with their employee, in this case with Jackie. I like to be very upfront with the boss, the leader, whoever brings me in to make sure that they understand that many times this is a complex issue that may involve coaching the leader, the boss, or even other employees as well. In my discussion with Jackie, again, this is not a real client. This is not a real scenario that I have specifically dealt with, just an accumulation of ideas I've put together over some of the things I have handled. But if I were to sit down with Jackie, I would find that she's feeling lost, probably deflated, very distracted, and no longer focusing really on the client, but more on just making sure that she doesn't upset Eric and no longer feels that she really serves a purpose in her role. She's worked as a receptionist for approximately five years with exemplary work, and she doesn't understand why she is failing so miserably now. It sounds to me like she might be receiving some criticism that's been delivered in an unhealthy way. I proceed with Jackie by walking her through some of the steps that we discussed in last week's episode. Then when it's time to sit down with Eric, I explain to him that I have... I feel, diagnose the issue, but I need his help in resolving it. I would ask him questions such as, when you address the issue, did you address the issue privately or publicly? 
And how do you think it made Jackie feel to be called out in front of not only coworkers but clients? Did you ever sit down with her privately and hear from her? What did she think about the issue? What was going on for her in those moments that may have contributed to her mistakes? And did you give her a chance to reflect on those circumstances and think for herself to find resolution to correct her actions for the future? Did you feel that your conversations with her left her feeling empowered or defeated? Did it leave her feeling more independent and able to think for herself or become more dependent on you? Has she been more confident and feel that she ha- that you have her back and that you support her? Or is she just scared of pissing you off again? I honestly could keep going with the side effects that have been created by the toxic behavior or the way that Eric has decided to deliver his feedback. Is she excited to come to work or does she feel dread and anxiety? Are you as a leader now viewed as approachable from her perspective? And is she truly focused on her job and customer satisfaction or just making sure she stays out of your way? So how do you think Eric should have handled the situation with Jackie? Part of my coaching with Eric would be to go over the results that Eric wants. How does he want Jackie to feel after receiving feedback from him? And what changes does he need to make in order to reach those goals? Where does his responsibility lie in all of this? Eric is a good leader and a good boss, and he thought he was helping Jackie by catching her mistakes, pointing them out to her right away, and making sure he tells her how to do it correctly. He just needs a little guidance in becoming more self-aware of his role in how to empower her and how the way that he delivers his criticism truly, truly matters. Eric has the power to help Jackie feel empowered or contribute to her feeling defeated. And I want to make sure that I emphasize that and going back to we can only control ourselves and nothing external can make us feel a certain way. Eric doesn't make her feel empowered or defeated. It is not completely in his control of how she takes in his criticism. But he can absolutely help in her feeling empowered, and he can absolutely contribute to her feelings of defeat. It is not all on Eric by any means, and as a coach, I would work with both Jackie and Eric. I would work with Jackie on her ability to learn from any criticism and practice exhaling the toxic. While working with Eric, We would work on creating a dialogue with all of his employees that would move him towards his goals of empowering and supporting them. So I want to focus on constructive criticism for this episode and what that needs to look like. First of all, never address an issue with people publicly, if at all possible. Give them that same respect that you would want and talk to them privately. I coach clients that unless someone's life is literally hanging in the balance, put some space 
between the incident and the conversation about the incident. What you do with that space is so very important. This is where you get to have a conversation with yourself. This is where you ask yourself, what do you want the end result to be from your feedback and that conversation with that person? How can you deliver it in a way that lends to those results? And what kind of leader do you want to be or friend or coworker, parent, whatever the relationship is, it doesn't really matter. This is where we take control away from the subconscious and bring the power into the conscious. By using that space between the incident and the conversation, we are putting a stop to our emotions from the incident control the narrative. We are making a conscious decision about our thoughts, the results that we are looking for, and how to achieve those results. There is so much more power to do good with our actions when we take the subconscious out of the driver's seat. So kind of going back to what I mentioned last week about the sandwich method, if you will, especially for a boss or a leader when you're giving feedback or criticism, I think there's a few crucial components to remember. You want to remember to recognize where they are excelling. And when you bring up the issue, let's not bring it up in the way of you messed up and this is what I want you to do next time. But I want you to ask them to tell you what happened. Ask open-ended questions and allow yourself to practice active listening. Usually when you let them talk, most of the time they're going to point out themselves where they messed up and even give you reasons for behind why they messed up. It may just be they were distracted or they honestly didn't know how to do whatever it was they messed up on and they just took a guess and guessed wrong. Or it could be any number of things. Then ask them if they know of a way to improve for next time that they find themselves in the situation and if there's any way that you can support them. So think about what this does. This then allows them the opportunity to think for themselves, becoming more independent and confident in their role. Look, employees expect to be addressed when they mess something up but give them an opportunity to show you that they can also contribute to the solution. This builds their confidence, it builds your confidence in them, and it starts to build a trust between the two of you and your working relationship. Then follow up always with something positive, and it can even just be recognition and appreciation for their honesty and their willingness to work towards solution and common goals. So. If Eric could have handled the conversations and the feedback and criticisms with Jackie that way, how do you think it would have made a difference? How do you think Jackie would have walked away from those conversations had Eric used more something along the lines of this technique? How do you think Jackie's situation would have been different? I I don't think she would have declined. I think that she would have made a lot less errors, become more confident as time went on, and we would have seen her improve and her level of confidence just continue to increase. 
I believe Eric would have succeeded in helping her to feel more empowered and supported. So you're going to hear me talk a lot in many episodes, I'm sure, about how you feel is your responsibility. No one and nothing external can make you feel a certain way. It's all about our thoughts that we choose, and that creates our emotions, which in turn will create our actions. So why should you care about how you deliver criticism? It's not your responsibility how they feel. You don't make them feel deflated or lose confidence. That's correct. You don't. However, you can influence. And the person being influenced has decisions to make on what they choose to think about what you said and how you said it. And referring to last week's analogy, they can choose to exhale the toxic. But still, over time, too much, again, referring to last week's carbon dioxide or toxic feedback will eventually start to diminish their health. And the way that they're going to keep you from influencing their emotions will be to decide to remove themselves from the toxic environment. Why do we work so hard in choosing a paint color for a room? Which is actually something I'm in the process of doing myself right now for my living room. I know the color of my living room can't make me feel a certain way. If it did, I probably would have been a very depressed person over the last few years because I don't really like the color of my living room. But it can absolutely influence me over time and especially relating to the subconscious functions. It can greatly affect my mental well-being over time. With the new color, I expect to look forward to coming into this room more taking a nice sigh of relief when walking in as if I'm letting go of the stresses of the day and ready to sit down and relax. Of course, I have made choices over the years, even with the color of my living room being what it is, to come in and sit down and relax and de-stress. But the color of the room still can influence me, especially again on the subconscious level if I don't take control consciously. So what type of environment do you, as a leader, want to create for your team? One they look forward to coming into, knowing they'll learn, feel supported, empowered, or one that they dread, knowing they will have to be on their guard to protect themselves from the toxicity in the air. I've known so many great leaders with exceptional skills that have helped them get into that position, They truly do want the best for their team, and they believe that they're doing everything right and don't understand why their team is struggling. Even before becoming a life coach, I had a passion to help bridge that gap, and a lot of it is wrapped up in emotional intelligence level and your ability to be self-aware and your capacity for empathy. For some people, these are natural part, this is a natural part of who they are, but for others, It tends to be a learned skill. I do think that everybody on some level has self-awareness and empathy, but most of us do need help in developing and improving those skills. I want to close with reminding you 
the value in choosing your delivery of criticism wisely. Take time to set goals on what kind of leader you want to be. What results are you looking for when you have to have those conversations? And then take the action steps that align with those goals. Remember, you have power in your delivery. Use it wisely. So I just wanted to take a moment to say happy one month anniversary to the podcast. (laughs) So this is episode five, but I did put out two episodes the first week. So this has been four weeks of an amazing time. I can't believe it's already been a month. And I just wanted to take a moment um, before ending this episode to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to every single person who has listened, every single person who has given me feedback. I so much appreciate it. You really don't know what it's meant to me to get to do this, to get to be a part of your day, even if it's just 15, 20 minutes a week. I am so grateful for that opportunity and that you continue to listen and continue to give me that feedback. So again, on Spotify, if you want to leave any feedback in person or not in person per se, but on the underneath the episode, it'll be there um, a place on Spotify to do that. And I definitely absolutely look forward to hearing from you and looking for new, again, exciting ways to get you all involved a little more. That's going to be coming. I am also working on a project that will show up on my website pretty soon. It's going to involve more of my coaching and what I'm doing, but I will talk about it on the episode um, to make sure that the word gets out. And if you or someone you know would be interested in the program that I'm working on, then I will make sure that there are ways for you to get in touch with me to do that. It's going to be announced on my website, social media, and here on the podcast. Again, I am so grateful to each and every one of you. I look forward to doing this every week and being a part of your day. And remember, if you need a little guidance, want a little help on learning how to give or receive criticism or any other issue that you may be dealing with in your life, if you're looking for someone to hold that space for you, I'll be right here. 